0: As a kid, every year we would go to uh, Florida. Well, not every year. Most years, many years, we would go to Florida um, over Christmas break. And uh, if you live in Indiana, when you drive to Florida, you go Indiana, Kentucky, Tennessee, Georgia, Florida. And I would love to get the atlas out and follow you know the um, our route as we're going from state to state and traveling. And this is where we are in this city, and this city, and this city. Um, the atlas was a was a really cool thing. And then. Um, um, when I was in middle school, or junior high school, we did a, a, a Western trip. And we did our western trip. My, fam- my parents got a AAA membership, and we got a trip tick. Anybody ever get a trip tick before? It's like it, it's like a whole catalog, and, like, each page has the next leg of your journey, and then you could open it up, and it had, like, different things were happening in that area. And, you know, it's like a, an atlas on steroids with kind of a, a micro picture of the things. And, and then that—so that was really cool. And then I moved to L.A., and I was introduced to the Thomas Guide. Yeah, some of you remember the Thomas Guides. That thing, like, to, to read the—it th- was— it took some experience. Deb, honestly, she never figured it out. <laughs> I'd be Drive's like, look it up in the Thomas Guide. And she's like, I can't find it. It was a source of many fights and stuff. But I mean, the Thomas Guide was kind of a beautiful thing. But now we have, now we have GPS, right? You just plug in the address and it tells you where to go. Turn by turn, step by step on the journey. And it's a beautiful thing mostly, but, but sometimes the directions aren't maybe as clear as we would like for them to be. It's like, you're going to take this exit, but which lane do you need to be in when that happens? And, and sometimes the directions comes, come just like a little bit later than you need them to be. Like, you need to be in the right lane here, and you're like, you're in the left lane, and it's gone before you even hear the message. And it's like, that can be really frustrating. Or I had this experience last week where I needed directions, and my battery's getting low. It's like, if this thing dies, I have no idea how to get where I'm going. And the Thomas guide is gone, long gone. What's going to happen then, right? Directions. How are you finding your way? How are you finding your way through life? Do you know your destination? Do you know where it is you're going? I'm thinking about my life, and, like, it, there was a point in my life when I knew where I was going. Like, I was in uh, elementary school and junior high school, and I knew after junior high school came high school. And I couldn't wait for graduation. Graduation was the destination. And then after I graduated from high school, college was the destination. And graduation was, from college was the next step. And, and then after college, you know, I was looking forward to, um, to, um, to a to a job, to a career and and um, I got a job, and I was hoping to to meet a, a beautiful, lovely um, wife and get married and and then I was going to seminary, and after seminary, we were starting having a family. And then I'm looking at one of my kids going to school and, and after school college. And, like, the whole thing's kind of, kind of mapped out. The next step and the next step and the next step. And, and now I'm in a stage in life where like the next step is maybe, um, you know, like we're getting close to, to empty nesting. And maybe a few years from then retirement. And it's like, and, and then and then What? And I don't know the answer to that question. Like what's the what's the destination? Do you know what your destination is? And is it is it a destination that that you're choosing? It's like, well, this is what this is what I want to do, this is what I'm looking forward to. Is there a master plan? Are you trying to find your way in, in the plan? Do you know what the next step is? Do you have a destiny? and where are you getting your directions from are you making it up as you go do you have a financial advisor saying hey you need to work this long and you need to do this and so then after that you can do this and if you do this you can do that is is that you know dir- driving the directions is it life circumstances Well. This happens and so now I need to do this, this, and this. Is it is it just kind of, you know, as things happen, we figure out what the next step would is? Does someone else maybe have a plan for you? Right? And they're giving you you the direction. You don't have to think about it. Or maybe you wish you could think about it, but they're saying, hey, this is what you need to do. We're walking our way through the twenty-third Psalm. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness. He guides me in paths of righteousness. God is showing me the way. The good shepherd is showing me the path before me. The path of righteousness. That word righteousness, it, it can mean, does mean, translated in different ways, it can mean just the right path. The path of righteousness is the right path. If you um, listened to, to last week's message, and I hope you did, uh, some really great stuff on there, Kaylee and her team lunch talk, and, and that was on the video, talked about running the right race, being on the right path, because if you're on the wrong path, you're not going to get where you're going. It's, the path of right is just simply being on the right path. It can be the, it can be the straight path. Allah, Solomon, trust the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. So the, 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 the shortest distance between two points. The, the path of righteousness is the, it's the path from where we're are to the, to the place that we're going in the most direct path, the straightest way. But in a broader sense, it means right. In the path that is altogether just and right. It's an idiom, a Hebrew idiom. That which is altogether just or right. That which is altogether just or right. It's the right thing. We're we're doing the right thing. To be altogether just or right is to do it the right way. It's not just, it's like, it's not the ends justify the means. It's like, here's the end, and I'm gonna get to the end, I'm gonna go to the end, doing it the right way all the way along the way. It's doing it for the right reason, it's about motives. It's not just doing the right thing for the right way because that will win the affections or the admiration. It's doing it for the right motive, for the right reason. And specifically righteousness from a biblical perspective is right thing, right way, right reason as it relates to relationships in the context of relationships. It's doing the right thing the right way for the right reason in our relationship with God. being in a right relationship with God. It's doing the right thing the right way for the right reason in our relationship with ourselves. Like being true, authentic, real, integrated with ourselves. It's doing the right thing the right way for the right reason in our relationships with other people. In In our marriages. In our parenting. It's Treating our neighbors the right w- w- way for the right reasons. It's treating our enemies, doing the right thing the right way for the right reasons. It's our relationship to creation. The world that God created, that that He put us in charge, us to to govern over it, to to care for it, to live on this planet, doing the right thing, the right way, for the right reasons. What we do with it affects, has impacts on other people's lives. The right thing, for the right, the right way, for the right reason. He guides us in paths of righteousness. And remember in John chapter 10, Jesus comes onto the scene and he says, I am the good shepherd. I am the good shepherd. I'm the one who's going to lead you on the path of righteousness. I'm going to show you the way. And in his manifesto of his kingdom, in Matthew chapter 5 through 7, we call the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus identifies very clearly the destination. He says, here's where this thing is going. Seek first the kingdom of God. Seek first the kingdom of God. Make the kingdom of God your destination. Remember, Jesus taught his disciples to pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. He's saying, hey, the kingdom is not just someplace out there that you're traveling to. The kingdom is actually coming to you coming to us which is exactly what um, Jesus revealed to John in in Revelation chapter 21 that that, there will be a new Jerusalem a new heaven and a new earth and that this kingdom is coming down to the earth and restoring all things here and now it's not some place we're going to but a realm that is coming to us Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. There's that word again. His kingdom and his righteousness. A kingdom we've talked about before is where the will will of the king has sway. It's where what the king says is to be done gets done. Right? If I'm the king of my castle, then the things that I say in my castle are the things that happen. It's my realm. I'm the king. The will of the king is what takes place there. So if we're talking about the kingdom of God, then it is God's will in his realm that is fulfilled, that takes place. It's under his rule. It's under his reign. When Jesus was asked, okay, hey, what's the most important commandment? What's the most important directive? If you're in charge, if God's on the throne, what's the number one thing we're supposed to do? Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, and with all your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. That's in God's kingdom, in God's domain, in his his realm where he rules. People love God and people love each other. Seek first that kingdom and its righteousness. Well, if it's God's kingdom, if it's God's will, then it stands to reason that doing the right thing, the right way, For the right reason as it relates to relationships, that would be the order of the day in God's kingdom, right? He's in charge, doing the right thing, the right way for the right reason is the way it's going to go in the context of our relationships in his kingdom. That's what Jesus came to say. Here it is. The kingdom of God is upon you. Despite his unequivocal call to relationship to righteousness, Jesus gives his attention, spends a lot of his time, delivers his message to the people who are on the wrong path, the people who are not on the right path, the people who are not doing the right things. He says, it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous. I have not come to call the people doing the right thing the right way for the right reason. But sinners. I have come for the people who are doing the wrong thing, the wrong way, for the wrong reasons. He directed his message, his attention to people who were on a path that wasn't working. And we're realizing it. Jesus says, not the healthy who need a doctor, the sick. He said it to people who were criticizing him for hanging out with the wrong people. For for not giving his attention to the right people. He says, I did not come for the people who have the act together. I came for the people who don't. And I get the sense that when he said it to the people who were criticizing him, that he was actually saying, you think you have your act together, but you really don't. But as long as you think that there's not really I don't have a lot to offer you because you're not going to hear me anyway. Because they were sure that they were right. They wouldn't couldn't hear Jesus' invitation, Jesus' call to a different way. The Lord is my shepherd shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He guides me in paths of righteousness. Do you need a shepherd? Do you need a shepherd? If you're doing the right thing, the right way, for the right reason, and all of your relationships, you're good to go. Right? Right? Don't need a shepherd. Jesus says, I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. I've come not to lead the people who know where they're going and have got it all figured out. I've come to call the people who don't. Sinners to repentance. I've come to call the people who are on the wrong path to say, Hey, get off the wrong path and turn around and get on the right path to change directions. And then there's just this bizarre, dramatic twist in the story. Before guiding the sheep in the path of righteousness, I'm the good shepherd. My sheep know me. They hear my voice. I lead them. They follow me. But before Guiding the sheep in the path of righteousness. John chapter 10, 10, verse 15. Jesus says, the good shepherd, that's me. Before he takes his sheep anywhere, before he leads them out, it says, lays down his life for his sheep. Before he leads them, he lays down his life for them. The sheep had left the right path. The sheep had become hopelessly entangled in the wrong path. And the shepherd then lays down his sheep to rescue them from the wrong path. And in so doing suffers the plight of the sheep who are going to die. So the sheep can be restored to the life they had lost. Before Jesus led the sheep on the path of righteousness, the good shepherd became the path of righteousness. Before he took them where he was taking them, he became for them where they were going. Paul says it this way, God made him who knew no sin, that's Jesus, to become sin for us, that's us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. And in so doing, he does this. He says, Joy, you are righteous right now in me. Not in some distant place in the future. You are righteous right now. I'm declaring it as so. Because I took what was on you on me, and I put what was on me on you. Heather, you are righteous right now in Christ. You're there. You've already arrived because Jesus became the path of righteousness before he leads us on the path of righteousness. Sit in that for a second. All the guilt, all the shame, all the things that keep you up at night, God sees none of it in Christ whole and holy. Now, he guides us in paths of righteousness, but before he takes us there, he has already declared us righteous. And the shepherd is acting, Psalm 23 says, for his name's sake. For his name's sake, he's doing this. I've referenced a few times um, the uh, documentary I was walking, um, watching on uh, climbing Everest and uh, my affinity for the Sherpas, who are the people who lead the um, Westerners to the top of the mountain uh, and who can actually do it in their sleep, uh, but help those of us who can't. And, and in the documentary, the the the... Um, the expedition director is a guy named Russell. And it, I'm never doing Everest. This is not something I aspire to. It's not on my bucket list. It's not on any list that I have anywhere. But if I were going to do Everest, Russell's my guy. I mean, this guy, he's, he's pretty amazing. And uh, in the first season, um, Russell has, he has his clients, and um, they are under his charge. And they're uh, remember sheep, right? He's the shepherd. They're, they're she- and the, the sheep are not always the sharpest tools in the shed. I mean, sheep are, are notoriously um, intellectually challenged animals. And um, one of his clients is a guy named Tim. It's purely coincidental, right? His name really is Tim. And Tim is the sheepest of the sheep, if you get my drift, right? He is the sheepest of the sheep. And he is stubbornly refusing directions that Russell is giving him. And in so doing, he's putting himself in danger. He's putting his Sherpa in danger. He's putting the other members of his party in danger. And and Russell is radioing to him and saying, Tim, stop. Tim, turn around. Tim, repent. Tim, go back. And Tim will not comply. Russell says, Tim, I am responsible for your safety, and what you do affects me. And maybe, maybe you hear it differently, but when I hear Russell make his appeal to Tim, I don't hear Russell being worried about his reputation as a guide. I, I don't hear Russell saying, hey, Tim, if you don't do this, if you die on this mountain, it's going to make me look bad. You hear Russell being a good guide, trying to do the right thing by his people. And if you watch the episode, if you follow anything about Everest, there are a lot of people who want to go to Everest. And there are a lot of people who pay a lot of money to the get to the top of Everest. And when they, take, when they pay that money, they think they are entitled to whatever it takes to get them to the top of Everest, no matter what it might cost, even to the extent of other people's lives. And there are people who take their money and will do whatever it takes at the risk of their lives and the other people's lives to get there. And Russell's just not that guy. He's a good guy. He's going to do the right thing by his clients, and he's going to do the right thing by his Sherpas because he is good. Not just at what he does, because he is good at who he is. For his name's sake, he guides us in paths of righteousness. God isn't more concerned about his reputation than the well being of his sheep. He doesn't want you to be good to make him look good. He's not like the pastor who tyrannizes his children. Because if his children misbehave, everybody's going to think he's a bad father and therefore a bad pastor. He's not that guy. God doesn't derive his identity from the success or failure of his sheep. He's not like the little league dad who needs his kid to be the best kid on the team and the best kid in the league so people will think he's a great guy. But he is very protective of his name. For his name's sake. So protective, in fact, when he gave the Big Ten Commandments, he made it one of the top ten. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God. You shall not misuse my name. In the Hebrew culture, and in biblical context, and in God's revealing his identity and giving his name away. A name is not simply a label that is put on a person. A name embodies the essence and the character of a person. God's name encompasses his nature And a sheep in God's fold carries the name of God. God isn't asking you to do something or to be something to make him look good. Jesus is leading you to become, toward becoming who you are. Leading you to become who you are. Because what? Because he's already said, hey, Rudy, right now, right now in Christ, you are righteous. And now I'm going to lead you on the path to become who you are. And as you become who you are, you actually reflect my glory. People are going to see me in you. You're going to reflect my goodness to others. Jesus says it. he He comes and says, I am the light of the world. And then he says to his followers, to his disciples, you are the light of the world. I'm declaring it. You are right. You are light. You are good. Let your light then shine before others that they may see your good deeds and give praise to your Father in heaven. You are light. Be saying that. You are light. My goodness is in you and now as you live in my goodness, as you practice my goodness, as you do the right thing the right way for the right reason, people are going to see my goodness in you and they're going to give glory to the Father. My name is going to be honored in and through your life. Paul says, now the Lord is the Spirit and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom and we who all with unveiled faces, contemplate the Lord's glory, are being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. Glory now rests upon you in Christ, and you are becoming, more and more every day, through Christ's Spirit at work in you, a revelation of the glory of God, of his goodness. By his work on the cross, we are declared righteous in Christ. And through the work of his spirit in our lives, he continues to guide us on the path of righteousness. Paul says, through Christ... God condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirements of the law might be fully met in us who do not live according to the flesh but according to the Spirit. Is the Good Shepherd guiding you on the path of righteousness? So that your life is increasingly a reflection of his glory. Is the Good Shepherd guiding you on the path of righteousness so that your life is more and more a reflection of the goodness and glory of God? Is your desire do, do you want him to? You want him to lead you on the path of righteousness. Sometimes I really don't want to do the right thing the right way for the right reason. Sometimes I just want to do my own thing. Sometimes I don't want to be bothered with the right thing the right way for the right reason. Or not that I want to do something terrible. I just don't want to do the right thing, right? I don't want to get off my couch and and help somebody when I'm settled in for the night. I want to kick it. Sometimes I'm still perfectly content to lean hard on my own understanding. It's like, "Uh, yeah, maybe, but I think I got this. I think I'd rather, you know, do this with my money than that. I think I'd rather do this instead of loving my neighbor like that. Because that doesn't how many of like it doesn't make sense? Common sense. But what does God say? What's His call? How does He lead? Do I want God to lead me on the path of righteousness? Am I listening? Or is there so much clutter and clamor in my life that there's no space for God even to speak? When I look at this, I have to confess I still need a doctor. Still need a doctor. If you still need a doctor, if you still are in that place of saying, sometimes yes, sometimes no, maybe not at all, maybe I'm not there yet, but I know that the path that I'm on isn't working, isn't leading me in a place of saying right thing, right way, right reason. And it's not working. I want you to try this at home. One, before you do anything else, if this is true for you, if you have received Christ as the sacrifice for your sins, begin by doing this. Affirm the finished work of Christ in your life. He's declared that in him you are right, you are righteous. It's done. Affirm it. Because it takes the weight off. It takes the, you're not trying to become something you're not now. You're becoming who you are, and you don't have to prove anything to yourself. You don't have to prove anything to anyone else. You don't even have to prove anything for God. He is declared in him righteous now. Affirm the finished work of Christ. And then do what I've been asking you to do, encouraging you to do from the beginning of this series. Memorize... Psalm 23, you're working on it with me now? Here we go. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Continue, memorize it get it in your head, get it in your heart, say it in the morning, say it at noon, say it at night, meditate on it. To meditate on it is to simply direct. Okay, if I say the Lord is my shepherd, what, is that, what does that look like today? If I'm saying he's guiding me in paths of righteousness, what's the right path? Memorize and Meditate. And ask Jesus to shepherd you. Ask him to shepherd you. Ask him to show you the path of righteousness. And if, if this is a new experience, for a new, a, a new pursuit, I want to encourage you just to end this a lot of us are kind of in a path where we're leaning on our own understanding until we run out of understanding. And then we're faced with this giant, like, oh no, what am I going to do now? And we're facing these life-altering choices. And we wait to ask for God's direction until we get to that place. And if you're there, you can't avoid it. That's where you are, then then do that. But if you're not there, I want to encourage you to, to back up from there and start with just the dailies. Like today, Lord, shepherd me today. What's the next right thing for me to do? Uh, right, We're going to finish our service here today, and, and when we close, I'm going to pray over you, and, and I'm going to commission you. I'm going to give you a, a, a benediction, a blessing, and I'm going to send you out, and you're going to get up out of your pew or get up out of your couch and say, Lord, what's the next right thing? I don't know what that is. But ask Jesus, shepherd me, lead me in the path right. Lord, what's the next right thing? And whatever that right thing is, Lord, what's the right way to do it? And purify my motives that I might do it then for the right reason." And I can stand up and say, what's the next right thing to do? And maybe I meet somebody on the way out, and they're going, some, going through something, and I listen to them. I hear their, their, their hurt or their, or their fear or their doubt. I pray over them. But when I'm praying for them, doing the right thing the right way, I hope that Mel's watching me and thinking, wow, he's a really good pastor. Look at him just shepherding his people. And I'm not doing it for the right reason, right? Reflecting the goodness of God. Just, Lord, what's the right thing? The next right thing. The right way. For the right reason. And and when you've done the next right one, just, hey, what's the next right thing? Affirm. God's work in you is finished in Christ. Memorize. Meditate. Meditate swim in it, envelop yourself in the truth of God's word and ask Jesus to show you the path of righteousness one step at a time, one turn at a time. Lord, thank you that in Christ we are finished works, completed, And thank you that you continue the work that you've begun in us and you've promised we'll complete and are walking us, leading us on the path of righteousness now every day. Give us ears to hear your voice leading your sheep. Give us the humility to to come to a place of saying, you know what, God, I'm not doing the right thing or I'm not doing it the right way or I'm not doing it for the right reason and I've been stubbornly pressing ahead, but I'm going to stop. I'm going to wait. I'm going to listen. And as we do, Lord, I pray that you would hear our cries and answer our prayers and deepen our faith to take just the next right step and the next one. And to wake up tomorrow morning and to maybe the first word out of our mouth might be the Lord is my shepherd. Lord, shepherd me today. Lord, show me the next step, the next right thing. Continue the work that you've begun in me. For your name's sake, that my life today would be a reflection of your goodness and your glory. that would bring help and hope and healing and life and love and restoration. In your name, I pray, amen.